You're listening to a Countout Podcast. everybody welcome to another fantastic episode of your dose of death as always i'm your host lauren rosenberg and thank you for joining me each and every single week for a little dose of death and before we get into today's guest i just want to give a big shout out to my sponsors as always grateful deathmatch for making sure we are supplied with the best in bryson deathmatch gear make sure to hit them up with that code promo code death for free shipping across the united states and, of course, I want to give a big shout-out to the guys at Crimson Mask. Always come up with some fire deathmatch apparel. Hit them up at officialcrimsonmask.bigcartel.com. And, of course, you guys are wondering who I have on this week. I have someone on very special, a real blast from the past, someone who really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it to her anyways because she is truly one of the true innovators of this lovely sport I love in deathmatch wrestling. She has been everywhere around the country, even the world, doing this for over 18 years to the day. A woman who really is the OG badass of this deathmatch wrestling thing. She is the godmother of deathmatch. I, I am really pleased to introduce to you all Mickey F and Knuckles. Mickey, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I can't complain. It's it's another night in the life of this podcast, and I'm just honored to be saying or video chatting in the presence of you, Mickey. Man, I'm happy to be here. I'm at Walmart shopping. <laughs> As we talked a little off camera or off recording, I should say, yes, you're at Walmart. Getting ready for Mania weekend, as always. Yes. Um, so I first want to congratulate you on everything you've done in 18 years. You really have done a lot, not just for yourself, but for really wrestling in general. I mean, you were really one of the first women to do this at a regular rate and do it well as well. I mean, you didn't see a lot of American women be like, I want to do deathmatch. What made you want to do it? Um, I mean... If you look at me, you know, I'm not going to be a Barbie doll type. You know, I'm not going to be, you know, pretty and little and dainty and cute. And I knew I didn't have that going for me. And I knew that I had certain things about me that wasn't going to fit the common mold. But the thing that I had about me that I didn't, that I thought was unique was my really high tolerance for pain. And the fact that I was willing to put myself through anything and everything and still keep getting back up no matter how bad it hurt and how bad, you know, I, I just, I was just that crazy. And so when I started training, uh, I told the trainers at the time that I wanted to be trained just like a boy. And to the point of, I kind of opened my mouth and antagonized them being a little rougher with me than, you know, maybe I should have probably not said certain things, but whatever. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it wouldn't be me, you know? And, um, and so one thing led to another and I, for a year and a half, I got my ass beat and kicked and tied up in knots and 
pretzeled up and slammed around and then I was allowed to wrestle. And once I was allowed to wrestle, then I started my campaign to doing death matches. You know, I I'd had down the basics and everything else. Now I needed to take it up a notch and I had to fight with my then trainer because he didn't want me to do death matches. And uh, Pondo helped me with that. Pondo was really an advocate for me to be able to do this, you know, because he's been to Japan. He's seen these girls do this. And he thought that if it was something I really wanted, why not? And so thanks to Pondo, I was able to do what I needed to do to be that a unique entity in this business. And let's face it, deathmatch is just an artful form. If you can watch somebody do a deathmatch and do it right, it's beautiful. It's a great story. It's violence. It's extreme. It's, it's just everything. It's pure. How do I explain this? It's pure romantic violence. That's it. It's, it's a weird way of putting it, but it's amazing. I love it. I lost my phone. <laughs> no. I mean, um. I love I love the term be, like romantic violence because it really is like that. And I, as this show, we always try to preach to the choir how beautiful deathmatch can really be when done well, right? Well, how much more intimate can you be than being in a deathmatch with another individual? You are trusting your body to that other fucking individual. And yeah, it, what we do hurts. And we put ourselves through the most extreme of bullshit. And yes, we get fucked up. And yes, sometimes, you know, it doesn't pan out and we get really badly hurt and need medical attention. But to be able to trust another human being like that, even if you all don't like each other, even if you all can't stand each other, even if you all really do want to beat the fuck out of each other, you're still going to do what you need to do to make sure at the end of the day, you all are still living. For the most part. Anyways. <laughs> no, I, I love it. it. You really encapsulate the best that Deathmatch has to offer. And you've done so for more than 15 plus years, as I said before. And I mean, when you first started doing these matches and started training, I, mean, I know you had a very interesting relationship with Ian Ron. I know that's been very well publicized to this day still. Um, when you started doing these matches with the likes of Ian Rod, and I mean, the animosity really seemed there. And you two really pushed yourself to your limits as the world has seen. What was it like being around a guy like Ian Rodden? Boy, why would you hand me a loaded gun and tell me not to blow my head off? Like, <laughs> look, okay. <laughs> Let me do it. Bro. <laughs> JC, please be with me. JC, be with me. I'm asking JC Bailey. Just, just ooh, help me on here. Rest in okay. peace, JC Bailey. Love, JC. Okay, here we go. When I started in this business, I didn't have family. Uh, literally, I was kicked out of what family I had, which, which was just my sisters, because my mom died when I was young. And I didn't, my dad was nowhere around. Um, so I just had my sisters. And because I chose wrestling, they chose not to talk to me for several years. So I had no family. My dad really wasn't around when I was growing up. My mom was a single mom who died of cancer when I was 13, almost 13. Um, and then we were forced to live with a man that was my biological dad until he was put in jail for child abuse and neglect. So I really had a voice I needed filled. And being a young girl from the country, I was very sheltered. And I believed that I was part of something bigger 
than myself. I believed I was part of a family. And so I believed that I was part of Ian Rotten and his wife and his kids' family to the point of they made me the godmother of their son. And for a long time, I thought we were friends. And sometimes you learn in life that things are not what it seems and rose-colored glasses do not belong on your face. With that being said, I wish no ill will on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened happened. And I really want to believe that everybody has some good somewhere. But I choose not to choose just not to do business with him anymore. Um, but he's also he was also really brilliant at the time, too. It's just weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to, I don't know, go through a time frame. And there's a lot of people who say that me and Ian were fucking no. <laughs> I literally called him dad and her mom. He would tell everybody I was like his daughter. I traveled and drove everywhere. There was one time I wrestled a barefoot thumbtack match in, in t- Texas against Ian. And then I had to drive a stick shift car from where we were in Texas all the way to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Wow. Over, and I had to drive. That's how dedicated I was to this family. Like I said, things happen. People part ways. Shit happens. You live and learn. It's my stupidity. I'm better for it now. Everybody has their own talents. Ian Rotten is a very talented booker. He's put together some amazing matches, some amazing lineups. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. You can't set oh, no. a lot of people you may not like. I mean, everybody's got a talent. Otherwise, why would they be in this business? So let's respect their talent. Bullshit aside, pack grounds aside, whatever. But yeah, Ian Rotten's a pretty mind when it comes to certain things. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. What he does business wise has no effect over me. I choose not to let it affect me because I choose to take myself out of that equation. So I don't have to deal with that. Now, if other people choose to deal with that, then that's their, their issue with other things, not mine. Well, no, I, I thank you for answering that. I know we discussed anything was on the table and I think it is interesting that you point out, I mean, there, there can be good people and Ian Ron. Yes. He was one of the brilliant minds in the world of deathmatch wrestling and you two really had some legendary bouts. You have to give credit where credit is due. That's all I believe. If, if you know somebody's history and background and you choose to continue to to conduct business or have association, that's fine. That's, that's whatever you want. I have friends to this day that still work for IWA and I am so proud that they're out there killing it. I'm happy that they, get a payday and get more exposure and get more work because right now that's what wrestling needs. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to drag anybody through any months. I'm not going to sit here and attack anybody. That's not attacking me either. I'll and defend all- myself where needed, but for right now, like I said, credit where credit is due. If IWA is something you really enjoy watching, then you should support those guys because it's wrestlers. Great words for you. Thank you. Huh? I was going to say great words from you, Mickey. Thank you for saying that. I'm all about supporting the boys, man. We should all be about supporting our friends. I love my friends. I love my wrestling friends because you know what? We ride and, and grind together, man. They get, they put their, you know, their boots on every day and they go out there. They put themselves in a harm's way and they get fucked up all for the crowd and everybody else. They deserve to be supported. They deserve their credit and their due. That's all it is to me. That's all I care about. Give the boys what 
their due. They bust their ass. They deserve it. That's it. Absolutely. I, I love that sentiment. It's a, I, I wish it's a sentiment that was more preached in today's society, but of course pe- people have their own way of saying it, but I, I want to talk to you about some of your own matches that you've had over the years. I mean, you, you've had the wars of the Enron, the, the, you were one of the first women to ever be a part of King of the death match in facing off with some of the greatest death match wrestlers of any generation and of course the likes of brain damage as um i was watching that match just a couple days ago with you and brain damage in a match that i i said this on twitter a couple of days ago where brain damage is one guy who doesn't get appreciated enough in today's deathmatch society and i said that because he was a star but he can make stars at the same time and that performance he had with you was a star-making performance. I want you to take me through that if you have any vivid memories of that match. I, I agree with you, Marvin. Oh, I'm sorry, brain damage, whatever. <laughs> Go brain ahead. Damage. Brain damage was an amazing man. He was so kind. He, he, it, it's, really, it's really sad that a lot of my friends who are just these amazing, incredible people in this deathmatch world have lost their lives or died and it just makes you appreciate everybody love more anyways but he um, when he found out he was wrestling me he was he was happy but i could tell he had a reservation because a lot of guys at that time especially looked at me like a little sister and he he was always you know messing with me every show i be putting up the ring or something and he'd come over and pick on me you know, he was that guy. He was great. And he come up to me and, and we're talking over things. And I'm like, thank you, you know, for this. I appreciate it. And I got to walk away and Necro walked up to him. And Necro, I had already wrestled Necro and, you know, the bar, the bar fight spot with Necro and everything. And um, so Necro walked up to brain damage and was like, look, he's like, I know what you're thinking, but if you don't hit that girl like you hit me, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Because I hit her like I hit you. The brain damage is like, yes, sir. He's like, I mean it. I'll fuck you up. I was like, Jesus. So I think that gave brain damage that that a little bit of that he needed to be able to look at me as a wrestler, not like a little sister. And then like he just it was amazing. His freaking punches. Oh, <laughs> like a Mack truck. Uh, those gloves are not there to protect the other person. Let me tell you that. <laughs> they did uh, not protect us at all. Marvin, um, Marvin, he got you, man. And I loved it. But I was determined not to put my hands up on those strikes. I was determined to eat those. So you could see me on tape at one point in time because I had been through chop class with IWA and with Cash Flow and Mitch Page and Roland Hart and Ian Rotten and uh, Mark Wolf and Chris Hero. I went through chop class. All those guys chopped me five times each or 10 times each. And so I was determined. And in chop class, they make you hold your pants out or hold the second row. But because I was such a short shit, they made me hold my pants because I was up <laughs> on my tippy toes trying to hold the second row because I'm incredibly <laughs> short. And so I, I did what I did during the chop class. Reached down, you can see it in the tape. I grabbed the hold of both my sides of my shorts because I was determined. If he gonna hit me, I'm gonna eat them. I'm gonna give it right back. Sure enough, 
<laughs> we got in the back. He's like, what did I do to you? I was like, well, um, he kind of punched me in the face. I thought it was fair game. It was open. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember watching that match, and I, I, I cannot stop thinking about the fact brain damage throws those punches like a freaking Mack truck. And it was just incredible to watch. Like, you were just that moment, like, watching. I was like, this is the ballsiest bitch in the entire world. Like, there is no one, nobody in your time and generation could do the things you do. I mean, as I said, you were the first woman to be in King of the Deathmatch, a huge historical feat in its own right. And I want to go, I want you to give us your fondest memories of, of course, a man who has been, I know recently health struggles and all necro butcher, a guy, another guy you were really fond of. Um, what, what was your fondest memories of necro butcher? Necro is awesome. I just hung out with him not too long ago. I have, you all have to go in with me while I order food. No worries. Y'all get to hear with a diet of this, this, uh, thick assness is all right. <laughs> I'm um, telling that, you right now. Food time with Mickey Knuckles. We're at Kidoba. Ooh, so we Kidoba. went from Walmart to Kidoba. Kidoba. Nice. Just oh, I forgot my mask in the car. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. As, as anyway. It's the first time, as you guys are hearing, on the road with Mickey Knuckles. So this is the very first unique episode of Your Dose of Death with you, Mickey. So I want to continue going down the journey. Yes, you did have a a great experience with Necro Butcher. I know you two have had some wars over the years. Um, how was working with Necro? Ooh, I love Necro, but good Lord, man, you know, you're in for a fight with that one. Not to mention, you know, he's blind, right? So, uh, yeah. oh yeah. So he can't see nothing. So he's aiming for you anyways. And then as he's aiming for you, crazy. Um, no, but it's, it's awesome. I loved working with a necro. He was cool. He he, he really cool. he just he didn't look at me as a girl. I mean, necro necro was the first guy to actually not look at me as a girl. Necro was like, yeah, she wants to be a man. I got you. <laughs> yes, sir. That, that's awesome. I'm glad that that was the case. I, I think sometimes when you see intergender wrestling. People want to look at it as like, oh, like it's this, like this girl just wants to be one of like the guys. domestic violence, blah, like, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's just they want to do it. Who cares if they want to do it? They want to do it. And look, let's let me be on. I'm gonna step away from these nice people because I'm getting ready to say some crude stuff. Okay, let me behind this wall. Oh, let's get ready to get back. Okay, let me let me put it to you this way. If, let me put it to you this way. It would probably make people feel a little bit more comfortable if I went ahead and got a sex change operation, put a dick between my legs. But I really like being a girl, and I like being a bisexual <laughs> woman. And so that's how it's going to stay. Either take it or leave it, guys. There's nothing I can do about it. Man, that that is fantastic, Mickey. Thank you for the seldom advice, as always. You are now always... I have to rejoin, rejoin civilized society. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No I forget worries. sometimes in, in certain um, situations, I'm not allowed to talk like I'm supposed to be allowed to talk. Like, you're so not I, like with the boys or something like that, right? Sure. I'm crude. <laughs> Look, my mama taught me a long time ago don't trust anybody, don't curse at least once a day. So I make sure everybody knows I'm pretty trustworthy, no matter what. Uh, a, a curse a day keeps the doctor away is something I'd say to that as well. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we like to have fun here on Your Dose of Death, of course. Um, I know in your more recent times, you've been definitely hitting the road and kicking ass, taking names, as we like to put it. Um, Of course, you've had some recent matches here with the likes of Akira, with the likes of Charlie Cruel. Um, I want you to kind of give me a preview of a match that's coming up April 17th at Misery Business, H2O, Mm. with a man who has considered you a dream match in Jimmy Chondo Lion. I'm excited. This man's got me excited. He's talking all this crap. I love it. I love it. I love it when people are piquing my interest. He's making sure to engage, and that is perfect. But I meant what I said. I hope he don't disappoint either. You know, it's it's like that guy that tells you he can go all night, and then he lasts like 30 seconds. Like, don't do that guy. Don't do that to me. I would sure hope not. The distance, Jimmy, come on now. No. I was going to say, if you need to go order your food, we'll take a brief break in the action. <laughs> so I, I really uh, appreciate you coming on as well. I mean, your insight to the World Death Match is something that I think is very unparalleled to a lot of people. I mean, you've had a wealth of experience. Um, just, I just got told today I'm like a person who is lives in an island in my own mind and kind of just marches to the beat of my own drum because I just I feel like it's better than living in a world full of people who are miserable. So, I mean, if it's not me, then what is it? I just try to do me as best as I can. And that, and that's the best thing you can do, honestly, especially during these rough times with the COVID pandemic and whatnot. Um, so I have a question for you. I know you have been wrestling the younger breed of deathmatch wrestlers and whatnot. And um, what are your thoughts on this, this younger breed of deathmatch wrestlers that you're facing these days? I think they're hungry. I think they're motivated. I think they're probably just as stupid as me. But the problem is, is these kids, they're looking for that win. And I get it. You know, you're supposed to want to win. I got it. But I'm at a stage in my life where I'm not just looking for the win. I'm looking to have fun. And that's my vent is to have fun through brutality. And so if these kids can't keep up with little old me, I don't tell them. Because I'm that person who I don't care how much pain I've got to put myself through. You're going to feel it. I may not win in the end, but you're going to know me. You're going to remember who I am. Did you like the Southern draw on that? I can do that all day. <laughs> I, lo- I love it I was, all. I was raised in the South. I can talk like this yeah. all day. I love it all, Mickey. You've been a fantastic guest as always. And I, I, <laughs> you really have because, I mean, you personify what some of the – like you're willing to have these matches with these younger talent. Like you're not like the old guard is like, Oh, I don't want to wrestle so-and-so. And I don't know. I want them all. You, you want them all. And I think that's the thing that, I mean, through you've wrestled since 2003, you're 18 years of doing this. You still like, feel like you're young again, almost having these matches oh, yeah. with these guys yeah. and gals. I um, cheated on wrestling long enough with, with a marriage. I'm back. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think what else with what you've been able to accomplish I mean I know one thing that someone mentioned to me was your legendary war with Lufisto oh man I love that match it's still my favorite well, that was I mean, like my- another woman who really was a trailblazer for what women's wrestling was outside of the sports entertainment spectrum per se 
Um, what was it like working with someone as legendary as Lufisto? Like she was the Canadian equivalent of like hardcore deathmatch wrestling as you were to the American side of things. She is just, she was so much knowledge and experience and just how nice she was about passing that along to me. She didn't act like it was a problem. She didn't act like I was a burden. She didn't like scuff me off or anything. She really wanted me to be equal. Can I get the chicken queso bow? Sorry, you're with me on this, guys. I know. <laughs> White and black beans. So anyways, but Lefisto was one of those ones that like, it was a fountain of knowledge for me. It was another female in a highly male-dominated area in CZW who was overcoming the odds and persevering and doing the same thing that I was trying to do with um, trying to do, or she was doing what I was trying to do in the Midwest. And so I wanted her knowledge and, and I humbled myself to her. See, I'm trying to be healthy, y'all. Don't roll your eyes at me. I see you roll your eyes at me. <laughs> no. I, you know what? I haven't eaten all day. I've been working at the hospital all day. Yeah, that's how I get my thickness, y'all. Moment on the lifetime on the, or, yeah, lifetime on the hips. I said it right. It, it is really interesting that Lou Fista was really open to instilling that knowledge. You don't see that enough. I feel like anymore the camaraderie yeah. with, with people like you, with people like Lufisto, with people like really the old guard death match. So I want to kind of ask you this, like who in your encounters as of late really has sparked your interest back into the world of death match? Really? Like who, who are the guys who are like, I want to work with this guy or someone you've already worked with. That's like, Oh, I've got a list I'm making. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I'm actually preparing for this. I have a list on the way to Tampa that I'm going to be making WrestleMania weekend. And I'm going to um, take some opportunities and maybe show up at some shows and uh, call some people out to their face. And uh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't, but it won't be on me because I'll put it out there into the universe. <laughs> I love that it. That is it. my bright idea. <laughs> bright ideas with Mickey Knuckles, ladies and gentlemen, as always. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm gonna take what I want. If you can't give it to me, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> I, 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 I love, ain't getting I no younger. Mentality. I love that mentality so much. It's it's really. And nice. I don't know if you've been paying attention lately. Okay. But I've been doing some um, interesting things on the indies. So um, I don't know. You know, I'm hoping to catch some attention. Just maybe, maybe, maybe some people will pay attention to me. You know. Maybe some people think I'm worthy of a shot. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some people think I'll make them money. I don't know. But I know it'll be a fun time. <laughs> I know it'll be interesting. And I know I probably will get you close to being canceled, but not yet there. Just that fuck out. Um, they, they had to put a disclaimer on their shows right before my match. That way, Wait, so people try to get. Oh yeah. Wait, if you I, we need on, to hear if, the story. We need to hear the story. Okay, I need you'll to have hear this. to. You'll, then you'll have to ask Joseph Schwartz the full story. Oh boy, he's the one that does it now. But according to the powers that be at Flophouse Wrestling, that before my match is there, they have to put a disclaimer. But before, before mine and um, oh my gosh, the Carver. Okay, Carver. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they have to put disclaimers before both of our matches. What? Oh yeah. I've never heard, oh yeah. Never heard of this before in my life. Baby, so this is the real first. Baby, we towing that line. 
We towing that line. For a big girl, I keep really good balance, but we towing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in other words, with doing the death matches that you've done, I have a, a this is a question I always love asking people. What is your favorite weapon of choice? And what is your least favorite weapon of choice? Well, right now I have a beautiful axe that I am loving. It's a short stick axe like me. Like I'm a short shit. It's a short shit. We fit perfectly. And it's just so nice and it's sharp. Yeah. Perfect. It's easy for me to swing. The the aerodynamics are perfect. (laughs) Amazing. I'm going to tell you right now. Gusset plates fucking suck. They suck. I had them in my boobs and my ass. And let's just say I am now scarred intensely for life, both physically and mentally. Like, ow. And it doesn't suck. Like, it sucks going in. And then when it rips right out, because that motherfucker has no mercy. So, anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard the reputation precedes those of guts and plates being real painful. So. Um, I will say this, like in the matches that you've done in the past, of course, I know, um, what do you feel as though, um, deathmatch wrestlers should be using more of, like, I know light tubes are kind of like everyone's favorite little toy to play around with, but what are like, what do you tell like, like someone you're going to wrestle, like when you're going to do a deathmatch, like, okay, like let's use this or let's use that. Like, what are your things of preference other than of course your acts and, not the gussets. Um, well, uh, I could be the smart ass that I am because I'm a smart ass when I want to be and say psychology. That's what that's the smart ass me would say. You say what they get psychology. <laughs> However, I don't know. However, as far as weapons are concerned, all I want to see is more of the intent to harm somebody. That's it. I want to see somebody look like they want to fuck you up. I want to see two people in the ring that look like they're about to go to war. Because that is what really amps me, is watching these people, and you see the, 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 the hatred in their eyes. And I mean, look at any match with Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk. They look like they hated each other every damn match. They kept up that facade till the day, you know, that Dusty Rhodes died, and even now, they hate each other. Egg loving dog, you know, whatever. But I want to see that. That's what I want to see. I want to see that intent to harm on your face. Like, I just, I'm going to hurt you. That's it. Plain and simple. I love it. And yeah, I, I think you really bring up a great point. Like, psychology, I, I, I'm, I'm someone who is a sap for good storytelling deathmatch. I, I love that stuff till the day I die, and I'll. Say that to my listeners listening right now. I love me some good storytelling deathmatch. And sometimes, like, I'll be honest, like, we don't see it as often as we I wish we could. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I think what you said really is a good sentiment. So, there's something, I know there's been a clip that's been making the rounds on the internet these days um, of your time with the Jerry Springer show. Oh, yeah. So a question I have for you is, did you ever consider acting in your career? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still doing it. You are, actually? Oh. Yeah. 
Like, like, what kind of like gigs are you doing acting wise then? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm still considering it. I'm still oh, young, still man. Are. You think I, honey, I started wrestling. I started wrestling. I started training the week after I turned 18. Okay. I'm, old. I'm not that old. Y'all make me sound like I'm a grandma. No. And that whole grandma and death matches. Ha, 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 ha. One of my kids tell me they're pregnant today. Y'all going to see somebody on Cops for real. Like, no. <laughs> My kids range from, I got a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, and nine-year-old. Y'all need to shut up with that. Like, no, I'm still young. I still have abilities. If I, I really do kind of think about acting, it's, why not? Like, it would sound like it would be a fucking blast. The problem is, I don't know what I'm going to say until I say it myself. I don't know what I'm going to do until I do it myself. I just kind of play with the wind and how it flies and see what happens and sometimes it's great sometimes whatever <laughs> but i put my heart into it <laughs> i try my best <laughs> completely understandable um that's actually was a question that was given to me by of course a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine steven um himself he was the one who wanted to ask that question so steven Hi, yeah so steven's amazing um shout out to steven of course um but i want to keep going here into the life and times of making knuckles is it literally what i'm going to call this episode when it airs because it really does feel like the life and times as we've talked here um it's interesting um how do you feel when fans who are curious about deathmatch wrestling get like Oh, like when they see a woman want to do death matches, how do you feel when they're like, oh, like I don't think a woman should do death matches or I don't think they should do this or that? What's your thoughts on that? Motivated. I'm not to change your mind. We're going to have a powwow. If I can get somebody like Tank, Tank, I don't know, do you know who Tank is? Yes, I've heard of him. Georgia Bates wrestler, love Tank. If I can get somebody like Tank, who does not really like intergender matches because he, he's one of those people who believe that psychology should be in a match. If I can get him to look at me as a, as a credible opponent and like me, in inter- he has wrestled me in intergender matches now a couple of times. He puts me over to everybody. If I can get him to believe, I'm pretty sure I can get you. And that is my goal, my intent. I am motivated to make you cross over to the 21st, you know, or, yeah, 21st century. I don't know where I was. <laughs> I'm smoking, guys. Y'all need to stick it out with me. It's going to be good. I never said I wasn't a hippie. Hey, I love it. I think um, we here at Your Dose of Death accept all lovely people of all shapes, sizes, whatever the hell you want to say. So, again, Mickey, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest, better than I could have ever imagined. Of course, when I when I first offered to have you on, I had no idea what to expect, and you have absolutely exceeded expectations to the highest degree. Um, that being said, um, it's that. that no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 you gotta stop. Cause I, I have been, look, dude, I just went through, a, I'm going through a divorce, whatever. And when they say, when anybody says that being said, it's getting ready to turn out. Can't we just like be nice? Can't no. we just get along? No, 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 <laughs> I'm just, no. I'm just, I'm just, go ahead. Ask yeah. away. 
I'm an open book. Whatever. Yeah, you are an open book, and that's what I really appreciate about you. You're unapologetic in your own way, and I think that what's really makes you stand out in the crowd in all the best ways. So I'll apologize. I'll apologize when I feel like I'm needing to apologize. I'll eat crow. It tastes like chicken. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. I'm not right all the time. I'm probably one of the very few women in the world that don't admit that. But I do like being right. Everybody likes being right, and I love when I'm right. Um. So. As, as we're kind of like wrapping this up here, I, um, it's really um, been interesting chatting with you about this newer generation of deathmatch wrestlers. But I, I want you to kind of take it to the past here. Like, I want you to kind of like give me, in your own words, what it was like working with some of the guys you worked with, like when you first started to now. Like, what would you tell yourself? Here's the real question. What would you tell yourself? So your younger self looking back in the mirror to be like, like before you start this journey, what would you want to tell yourself? Don't worry, baby. Your balls, your balls are big enough. That's all. That's it. That's all I would have to tell myself. Cause there were so many times I would doubt myself and think, man, what the fuck am I doing? I don't belong here. I'm not good like them. You know, and I would be trying my heart out and feeling like I'm just failing because that's how I felt. And I was really fucking hard on myself. And if I just was more confident in my own skin and had somebody there to just say, you know what, you got it. Stop fucking worrying all the time. You got this. You'll be fine. Go on. Because I really, I, I put everything into everything I did. And I know where I belong. And I know how to get there. I'll get there. And if I got to keep doing what I'm doing, then so be it. I'm happy to do it. I love entertaining people. I love doing deathmatch wrestling. I love the, the for that crowd. I love that energy. I love deathmatch fans. I love them. Love them. Why? Because they're so fucking pinpoint on what they like. They are so picky on what they like. But when they fucking like you, they are amazing. When they don't like you, instead of taking it to heart, instead of getting dick hurt about it, fucking take it as a criticism. Make it your fire. Make it, make it, make you better. That's what I love about Deathmatch Wrestling fans because they're not unapologetic. They're my people. I get them. We'll do this together one way or another. And if I ain't living up to what I'm supposed to be doing, y'all need to let me know. I need to step up my shit. And I, I want you to hold me accountable for that because I got so much more left to give this fucking business before I'm ever done with it. Come hell or high water, I'm going to make sure people fucking remember me. And it won't be their fault if they don't. It's all on me. Wow. Uh, really, really fantastic words. Holy crap. That just, I like, oh, I was like pumped up, like right a, through a wall from what you just said there. I agree, I agree with that. The, 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 the deathmatch fans that you see and hear from, I mean, they know what they like. They know what they want to see. And I wish more people had that mindset of like, this fuels me. This fires me up instead of like me now, like, Get ready. Like, if you didn't have a good one, go on to the next one. I think you really personify that. So I think that's a really good place to cap this amazing journey of the life and times of Nikki Knuckles, of course. I mean, what does that song say? Bow down, be humble? Yeah, bow down, be humble. We all got to bow down and be humble to this. But in the process, we can make ourselves better. That's that's my goal is to make myself the best I can be. And I, I really, man, you have no idea how I feel about this game right now. You have no idea how I feel about me in, in this, this scene. 
with so many amazing deathmatch workers. There's so many things I want to do. And and it, I'm, I'm so determined to do them. I'm at a great age. I'm primed for it. I'm going to do it. I don't care what I got to put into it because it's not just for me either. And it's not just for the fans, even though I love them. It's for my kids. I need to, I need to bring hope to my kids. After all this other bullshit we've all been through, I need to bring hope to my kids. If I bring hope to somebody else, that's great. But I got to bring hope to them too. You gotta be able to stick things out. You gotta put your heart in something. If you want something, you gotta try to get it, no matter what, no matter the odds, no matter what anybody says. You make yourself better. They say you suck. You find out why. You make yourself better. That's it. Really great choice of words as well. I think that's really a good place to cap. And of course, as always, the life and times of Mickey F and Knuckles, a woman who is deemed the godmother of death, the godmother of deathmatch these days, but. Always a badass in my book and always one of my personal favorites as well. Again, Mickey, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy shopping, dieting, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) It's the only only time I get to do anything. I work all the time. I got two jobs. I got three kids. I wrestle. I fucking bump bump it. It's a good time. It's a great time. Living my best life. Yeah, absolutely. And I I want you to... um, Take this time. This is your time, as I always like to give to my guests, of um, promoting yourself. What are you going to be up to? Um, how can people interact with you on the social medias? Um, your time is now to say whatever and um, promote yourself to the world here. All right. I mean, I'm not hard to find. I'm on social media. It's at Knuckles Mickey. It's Mickey Knuckles on, social, on my Twitter. I'm sorry. On Instagram as Mickey Knuckles. I'm on Facebook as Mickey Knuckles. You can reach out to me at any one of those. If you want me to add you, I get a lot of friend requests. Sometimes you gotta just give me a nudge. I'm sorry, I'm really, really busy. As I said, my schedule is tight, but I make it work. Um, as far as upcoming shows, you know, we've got four to come out for us maybe weekend. I'm not just gonna plug my show, guys. There's every show, but Flop House, I'm in a, a six man fucking match a hardcore match anything is possible you've got satu Jin, you've got zodiac you've got i mean I, i'm gonna i'm gonna like snap i, I just can't anyways flop house and then i know you're trying to wrap this up visit all the other sites and then the weekend after i'm going to be at ht2o facing shimmy john lion and that match ah oh, i've never i've pulled between those two matches right there, it's like orgasmic. I'm literally having a fucking hardcore mental orgasm right now thinking about this shit. So if I'm this pumped and excited, y'all better get pumped and excited because shit is about to go down. Absolutely. Mickey Knuckles, everybody. A fantastic guest as always. Mickey, thank you for the time, as always, in your busy schedule. The best of luck to you in Tampa Bay, as well as H2O. I will definitely be watching the H2O show, so I'm very excited for that match with Jimmy Lyon. Um, to everyone who's listening, as she said, go hit her up on all three social medias if you like, or one or the other. And to everyone who was listening, thank you guys for listening to another great episode of Your Dose of Death. From Mickey Knuckles, Lauren Rosenberg, out.
This has been a Countout Podcast.